Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. One from me and one from former host Tracy V. Wilson. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's January 19th. The German ambassador to Mexico received a coded telegram from German Foreign Secretary Arthur Zimmerman on this day in 1917. The Zimmerman telegram then helped draw the United States into World War I. So World War I started after the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife Sophie on June 28, 1914. A series of declarations of war followed that in Europe, but for the next three years, the United States mostly tried to stay out of it. The American public really did not support the idea of going to war. So while the United States did provide war aid to the Allies, was not really about actively engaging with troops. And one of the reasons that Woodrow Wilson was re-elected in 1916 was that he had kept the country out of the war so far. That changed after British cryptographers decrypted that telegram. Here's what it said, quote, We intend to begin on the 1st of February unrestricted submarine warfare. We shall endeavor, in spite of this, to keep the United States of America neutral. In the event of this not succeeding, we make Mexico a proposal or alliance on the following basis. Make war together, make peace together generous financial support, and an understanding on our part that Mexico is to reconquer the lost territory in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. The settlement in detail is left to you. You will inform the president of the above most secretly as soon as the outbreak of war with the United States of America is certain, and add the suggestion that he should, on his own initiative, invite Japan to immediate adherence and, at the same time, mediate between Japan and ourselves." Please call the president's attention to the fact that the ruthless employment of our submarines now offers the prospect of compelling England in a few months to make peace, signed Zimmerman. When it comes to the part about Mexico is to reconquer the lost territory in Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona, Spain had colonized this part of North America, and then it became part of Mexico after the Mexican War of Independence. And then Mexico ceded all of that land to the United States at the end of the Mexican-American War in 1848. So Germany was saying, Mexico, if the United States gets ready to enter this war, please go fight them. Draw their attention so that we can continue on with our submarine attacks without restriction. And then after we win the war, you'll get all that territory back. Britain did not release this telegram to the United States right away, though. Britain did not want to reveal that it had been intercepting these telegrams and had figured out how to decode them. That would risk a huge source of military intelligence. The Allies also really needed the support of the United States in the war, and anti-German sentiment was really growing in the United States. So it seemed like if they waited a little bit for that sentiment to keep growing, the telegram would have a bigger impact once they actually released it. Britain released the telegram on February 24th, and then it was reported in the U.S. media on March 1st. It really wasn't all that likely that Mexico was going to declare war on the United States. The Mexican Revolution had been going on for about seven years, so Mexico frankly had other problems to deal with 
Even so, that telegram had the exact effect that Britain had wanted for the United States' willingness to enter World War I. Public opinion really shifted in favor of going to war. The United States declared war on Germany and its allies on April 6, 1917. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for the end of a crisis. Hello, everybody. I'm Eves, and you're tuned into This Day in History class, a show where we travel back in time one day at a time. The day was January 19, 1977. U.S. President Gerald Ford pardoned Iva Taguri Dakino, a Japanese-American broadcaster, more than two decades after she was released from prison. Dakino, also known as Tokyo Rose, had been convicted of treason for aiding Japan during World War II. Tokyo Rose was actually the name that Allied service people gave women who broadcasted on Japanese propaganda radio. Dakino became synonymous with the label Tokyo Rose, but there were many broadcasters who worked to demoralize Allied soldiers, sailors, and Marines in the Pacific. Dakino grew up in Los Angeles. In 1941, months before the Pearl Harbor bombing and the U.S.'s entry into World War II, she went to Japan to take care of her sick aunt. She left with an identification card, but no passport. While in Japan, she went to the U.S. vice consul to get a passport, saying she wanted to go back to the U.S. Her application was sent to the State Department, but before her passport was issued, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Dakina was stuck in Japan during the war. There, she refused to bow to Japanese pressure to renounce her U.S. citizenship and become a Japanese citizen. She attended a Japanese language and culture school, and she worked for the Domai News Agency. But Japan would not grant her a food ration card, and it was hard to make ends meet. In late 1943, she began working as an announcer and DJ for Radio Tokyo's propaganda broadcasts. At the time, Allied prisoners of war were forced to broadcast propaganda. Dakino started broadcasting on a program called The Zero Hour under the name Orphan Anne. She was one of many women who spoke American English and announced for these propaganda broadcasts, which were sent out to U.S. troops. They made statements designed to lower troops' morale, played popular songs, and broadcast news. She made a reported 150 yen, or $7 per month. Army analysis determined that the propaganda broadcast did not have a negative effect on troop morale. But their supposed concern with Dakino was the fact that she seemed to have intelligence on U.S. ship and troop movements based on her broadcasts. After the Japanese surrendered in 1945, reporters found out about her broadcasts and interviewed her. After gaining notoriety for her press and becoming associated with the moniker Tokyo Rose, U.S. authorities arrested and questioned her. She claimed that she never called herself Tokyo Rose in her broadcast, which was true. There was no evidence that any broadcaster even called themselves Tokyo Rose. U.S. military occupiers released her after detaining her for a year, 
since they did not have evidence that she committed crimes against the U.S. But the case against Aquino was reignited when she requested a U.S. passport again, and veterans groups and broadcaster Walter Winchell spoke out against her return and alleged crimes. The U.S. Justice Department reopened her case. She was arrested for treason, sent to San Francisco, and put in county jail. Her trial started in 1949. During the trial, she said that she had never made disloyal statements and that she had even tried to thwart the broadcast's effectiveness by including double meanings. Still, she was convicted on a single count of treason for speaking, quote, into a microphone concerning the loss of ships. Dakina was the only woman who broadcasted for Radio Tokyo who was known to be an American citizen. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. She served six years and two months of her sentence and was released early for good behavior. The government tried to deport her, but she resisted those efforts. She ran a grocery store and gift shop in Chicago and sought a pardon with persistence. She maintained that she even secretly gave food and medicine to allied POWs in Japan. Though she had a lot of detractors, there were also people who supported her and were skeptical of the government's case. Journalist Ron Yates of the Chicago Tribune found out that two former Radio Tokyo employees who testified against Daikino at trial had perjured themselves under pressure from U.S. officials. A 60 Minutes special on the case premiered in 1977. On January 19th of that year, President Ford pardoned her on his last full day in office, and her citizenship was restored. Dakino died in 2006, at age 90. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Send your best history memes to us at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email still works. Send us a note at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.